Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dr. Caxton's podcast, Timeless Truths in Medicine and Marriage. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Caxton Opere. How are you, Dr. Caxton? What's going on? Hey, Neil, fine. Thank you. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. And, you know, uh, we just keep going with COVID-19 because it just continues to be a problem, right? We're still having more and more cases. Things are not slowing down. So today we're going to connect the dots, connect the dots for COVID-19, right? Yes. Um, first of all, you know, COVID-19 in a biblical sense, I have to say this, seems to me like Herod in Matthew 2.16. When Herod heard that Jesus Christ was born or a king was born, he said, go look for him so I too can come and honor him and worship him. But the next thing that Herod did was he started destroying the little babies. And in this situation in America here, every American, whether young or old, is like the little baby that Herod was killing. Everyone in the hospital today that's dying of COVID, young or old, is like the people that Herod was killing because they represent a promise. That promise is what? freedom. And America represents the freedom that we all ought to have everywhere around the world. And some people seem to be bent on taking that away through every possible means. And now we have a biological weapon on our hands. Somebody spoke to me early in March last year when I said, guys, this is a biological weapon. And he said, how can you say that? Fortunately for me at that time, I had already done the work, Neil, and I'd seen that a company, a research company called the Pupright Institute in the United Kingdom had already gotten a patent for a deadlier virus. They got that patent oh, no. in September 2014. You see this S protein that the mRNA uh, is set for the corona vaccines is said to have a S protein, spike protein coding mRNA. And that's exactly the same spike protein that was used to make the coronavirus more deadly. And that was what was used to file the patent, the basis for the patent that Pubright Institute got in September of 2014 was described as one simple thing, a more deadlier coronavirus based on the S spike protein. And that's now wow. what we now have. So I want people to start connecting. That's the first set of dots that a person who has a brain and can think, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, accountant, whoever you are, if you have a brain, and I hear some people act like they have a brain, but when they talk, even though they're professionals, they got PhDs, they have MDs, they talk as if they don't have a brain. I think it's easier to say, start thinking like you have a brain than to call somebody a fool because that would be offensive. Even God doesn't like that. But I think it's easier for me and I'll still be politically correct to say people should start thinking like they have a brain. So now, since we're on the Pubright Institute, let me give you the second set of dots to connect. In November 2019, 
at a time when we suspect that patient zero in China had already received the baptism of the coronavirus and was spreading it November 2019, exactly that same month, the Bill and Melinda Gates gave $5.5 million to the Pearl Bright Institute. Remember the Pearl Bright Institute that developed that deadlier coronavirus in 2014, received $5.5 million from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now, remember the top topic for this podcast is connecting the dots. In other words, think like you have a brain. Because sometimes I get upset with folk who don't want to think, but they think they know everything. These are facts here. The Pubright Institute never got a million dollars. They never even got half a million dollars from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at any other point in time. In fact, I'll tell you the two other times this Pubright Institute ever got any money from Bill and Melinda Gates. They got 189,000 in November of 2013. And in June, 2016, they got 385,000. That 385,000 was for them to test a new universal influenza vaccine. The world never heard about that. So start connecting the dots again. You say, well, what is this yeah. new universal? I mean, we don't have influenza in Nigeria. So why are you calling it a universal influenza okay, vaccine? So, so, so you're telling me then what does that mean for us? What yes. Yes. What does that mean? And then when the, we now have a virus that's actively infecting the Chinese people and it's going to be used to spread around, we get a check from the Bill and Melinda Gates going to the Pubright Institute and the check amount, the number after the decimal is far more than they've ever collected, 0.5 million. So they got $5.5 million. And when you read the statement, that came from the Pubright Institute and the people that are supporting them, they said, this is the single biggest investment in the immunology of livestock from an international funder. That was a statement made by Dr. Doug Brown. Remember, I didn't tell you exactly why they gave them this grant. The Bill and Melinda Gates said the purpose of the grant is to improve animal and human health globally. So when you look at the way the statement is made, connect the dots again, animal and human health. Why not human and animal health? Number one, okay? And you can say, well, maybe you're reading a little too much into it. It's for the study of cattle, pig, and poultry antibody responses to expand our knowledge of how they are protected from disease. So you are studying how these animals are protected from illness so you can disrupt the protection. That's what it sounds like to me, okay? And when you read the rest of the article, you'll get an idea that, yeah, this might be the best way to connect those dots, that they're studying those animals, see why they are more immune to certain diseases and see how they can genetically manipulate and alter that so they can bring those diseases into humans, which is what we have right now with coronavirus, okay? The second thing I want us to connect is, which I mentioned earlier, was the gain of function. 
See, in September, the Pubright Institute gets a patent from the US Patent and Trademark Office, September 2014, for a deadlier coronavirus with a spike protein that made it more deadly. And in October, the federal government, the US government, sends a letter to every research lab that they're sponsoring. And most people didn't know this. The US government has sponsored the development of a respiratory virus that is deadlier than what we know. In other words, the government is paying money to 220 research labs around the world, telling them to develop a far more deadly virus than the ones that we know that can be transmitted. You, you think it accidentally was released? Uh, the accidental release part if you are a chess player and you let them take your queen, right? Is that an accident? Depending on how good you are as a chess player, right? Because a queen is pretty much the most powerful piece on the chessboard. But you can lose your queen and five moves later, checkmate. Okay? So I don't buy that because I used to play chess real well. And when I see what looks like a chess move, I just hold my breath. So I wouldn't say accident, because um, when you plan for things to happen, sometimes they do happen. So gain of function connects to the patent that the US government gave to the Pubright Institute. Let's connect those dots again. Now, the other dots that I want to shock you with, because we're almost running out of time, but I'm going to give you that later on. Every textbook of medicine Every reputable textbook of medicine, when a foreword is written, it's usually written by the expert in the field. So Dr. Jackson wrote a book on creepy crawlers. Dr. Jackson has to look for Dr. Smith, who is the expert on creepy crawlers or his mentor when he was in medical school. It would be Dr. This, Dr. That. But the number one, and I'm sure some people who are able to think with their brains in a very interesting way can figure this out before I even tell you who wrote this forward. So you can write the forward, Neil, if somebody, if I want to write something on broadcasting now, for example, right, on media digital marketing. Exactly. And I'm not going to call my wife to write on it as a forward. I will call somebody who is known, who has followers and stuff like that. That's how it works. It's in every profession. Now, Plotkin's, Plot, K-I-N, Plotkin's vaccines. That's the number one textbook, authoritative textbook on vaccine science in the world. Okay? And it was written by Dr. Plotkin and a few other professionals. The latest edition was a 2018 edition. Now, never in the history of medicine have I seen this being done, where the foreword, as I shared with you, is written by a non-physician. Guess who wrote Plotkin Vaccines 2018 foreword? Who? Dear Bill Gates. Okay. Medical textbook. What, what this is, okay, so what's that mean? Okay, so we're asking ourselves, why is Bill Gates in 2018 writing the foreword to a, it doesn't matter whether you're a billionaire, if that's not your specialty, you cannot be allowed to write 
a forward on a medical textbook. It's not done, but he did. Is it because he has money, he's trying to force his way there or there's something else? You have to connect those dots. But now let's go back. If we rewind, Bill Gates giving 5.5 million, Bill Gates giving these monies, Bill Gates writing uh, the forward of the Plotkin's vaccines, and also Bill Gates giving this money to say to advance animal and human health, which seems like an insult on the human race, the way it was prescribed or written in their uh, website. But now we have a problem because as far back as 2015, Bill Gates had been a prophet predicting that there will be a pandemic and we're not going to be ready for it when it comes. Connect the dots. <laughs> In January of 2010, Pfizer, without China reporting any deaths from COVID-19, on January 10, 2020, Pfizer went into mRNA vaccine production. Why? For the love of the Chinese people or because they knew it was, there was a plan that they were executing. In November of 2020, the same day that the US government uh, orders 300 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine. The Pfizer CEO sells 62% of his Pfizer stock, telling you that he lost confidence in the company. And maybe they've boxed him in and said, you gotta do whatever we say, okay? So you try to connect those dots and then ask yourself, when the US government in April gave temporary permission to use hydroxychloroquine. Why did they tell us not to give it to the people that are gonna benefit from it? And why did they tell us to only give it to those who will not benefit from it? Why did they tell us not to give it to the 80 plus 15%, 95% of the people that will benefit from this drug and instead give it to people who are dying when it's pretty obvious all this science shows it's going to be too late when you give it to patients who are in the hospital. You're not going to get as much of a result from them. I want us to connect the dots. But since we're running out of time. I'll no, I mean, so this is it, the connecting the dots. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. So I'm going to just straight out ask you, this is your podcast, but I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Because every time you've brought facts and figures to yes. the table. You believe that this whole virus was man-made and was meant to be discovered to, for a vaccine then? Absolutely, because one person is at the center of both. And that person, I hate to mention his name, but I have to mention his name. Dr. Fauci with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease is sponsoring the development and they have a document to it saying that they are developing, um, paying people to develop a deadlier respiratory virus on the one hand. And then on the other side of the aisle, he is also involved in the Moderna vaccine development. Makes 
a lot of sense if you're thinking of somebody trying to create a biological weapon on the one hand. This is a war crime. How could we ever uncover that this happened? Well, the facts are there. Neil, this is the thing. I'm not a government researcher. I'm not a whistleblower who worked with the CDC. All this information I have, I got just searching on the internet. Do you understand? I don't have any insider, inside links, inside information. This is all out there. I know with time, they may take some of those things down, but for the most part, this information is all out there. Let me give you an illustration here that bothers me. The fact that everywhere else in the world, when information is available, even if the governments don't like the, what you're gonna do with that information, that information is made available. I listened to some lady early this morning and she said, when they saw what was happening with coronavirus, they asked in Vietnam and Korea, then how were you able to control the spread of your virus? You know what this uh, doctor lady said? She said, whenever we hear anything from inland China, every time we see them censor something, we know that must be the truth. So anytime they start blocking off something, that thing that they block, that's exactly what we do. Anything that they censor and say is a lie, for example, when they say hydroxychloroquine doesn't work, then we know it means hydroxychloroquine works. Unfortunately, it's difficult for Americans to take away their trust and to do their thinking. And I think that's what's cost us all of this headache. If we just say, okay, we trust the government, sure but we also want to think. We don't want to do the thinking, we just want to do the trusting and it's killed almost half a million, if not more right now. So yes, so this doctor says, whenever they say something doesn't work, that's what they do. And that's a surprise to me, Neil. And if anybody did any inductive or deductive reasoning using that method, they'd probably arrive at the fact that maybe hydroxychloroquine does work. Then what next? That means doctors need to be prescribing it. Um, there is a lawyer who was in a group, social media group, I think it was on WhatsApp. They were doing an old student's association, one of these um, 100 plus year old secondary schools in Nigeria. And the guy, there were lots of doctors, surgeons, some prominent guys there, professors of medicine who were talking. Some of them were having an argument. And he said, hey guys, I've been a trial lawyer for over 20 something years. But, and I don't know anything, I don't know what, I know hydroxychloroquine is used for malaria, but I don't know anything about your scientific facts and all that, so I have no idea. But from listening to you, it tells me that hydroxychloroquine is probably the drug for treating COVID-19, even though you guys are arguing back and forth. Because just like the Vietnam, South Korea approach, everything you're trying to say does not work you have no reason to say it doesn't work. Okay, let me give you an illustration, Neil. You, you bumped your head, right? When you bumped your head, you have a little headache. Um, and someone says, take two Tylenol. You took two Tylenol, you were fine. Next time, two days later, you bumped your head. Not just, it just happened. It wasn't something serious. You, you bumped your head and then you have a headache. And then you hear on the news, don't take Tylenol if you bumped your head. Does that make any sense? Exactly. No, it doesn't. That's exactly what's happened with hydroxychloroquine, COVID-19, 
end the pandemic in the USA. And people cannot think with their brains. And the people that are thinking with their brains, they're sending journalists, um, let me see, journalist terrorists to go attack them. So you heard about uh, Didier Raut, how he was attacked. And I've shared that on previous podcasts. So the attack on a doctor who prescribes hydroxychloroquine should make you want to use the Vietnam method and say, if they're attacking him, maybe it's because it's working. And now if a person can't even think deeply, now that we have vaccines that are gonna make them what, $65 billion or whatever trillion dollars, can't they now see, or can't anybody on everybody now see who can think and say, oh, not only do we have evidence that hydroxychloroquine works using camera, like Dr. All said, we can see with the camera how it's interacting and blocking the virus. Now we know that hydroxychloroquine works just from inductive or deductive reasoning, but now they've brought out the vaccine, the vaccine that is not much different in terms of efficacy from water. Now it's because I think they want to sell their vaccine. So what about ivermectin? Why aren't we hearing anything about ivermectin? Because the reason, so there's the connecting the dots. We'll set it for another time. But Dr. Taxton, for the people saying you're crazy, you're wrong, this is, you're just a conspiracy. Yes, you came with facts, but now you're going down a uh, uh, rabbit hole. You shouldn't go down. What would you say to them? Listen, what's a rabbit hole? A rabbit hole means there is no, there are no facts. Everything I've said is contingent on evidence, pure evidence. The reverse EUA is a, a baseless, non-scientific approach. The uh, remdesivir was given, it does not reduce length of state, does not reduce ventilator time or death. You know, the Pubright Institute, they filed for these patents. You know, hydroxychloroquine was maligned in a May, uh, Lancet paper in uh, May 2020, in May 22nd. And in that same paper, they brought up Remdesivir and said he was a superstar. So you connect those dots. I have not said anything here that cannot be verified. And if a person thinks Dr. Gaxon is crazy, it's because they're mentally incapacitated in some form or the other, either because of prejudice, politics, or some other kind of psychiatric problem. Um, there is nothing I've said here that will enable anybody who in his right mind can think clearly with the brain that God has given them, say that, oh, this is a conspiracy theorist. There is nothing of that nature. There are dates, numbers, and time. And to close this, in December 2020, about a week before Moderna's vaccine was released with the EUA, did you know that the second largest hydroxychloroquine component manufacturer in Taiwan, their factory, their plant, hydroxychloroquine plant, that's the best way to call it, was burnt down to the ground on December 22, 2020. That's never happened before, but it did happen. And you can say, well, you could actually call that a conspiracy by saying, Dr. Caxton, you're saying that on the 22nd, the hydroxychloroquine factory burned down and you're connecting the dots to the Moderna vaccine that was released about a week later. Remember 
the, the, the title of the podcast itself is Connecting the Dots. So it's a good one if you love conspiracies. It's a good one if you hate conspiracies, but you know that if you're not careful, you're going to die this year of coronavirus, then you want to think critically instead of conspiratorially, then you know you need to control how you think and examine facts. These are facts, Neil, and I know that okay. everybody needs them. It's an interesting week. It's an interesting week of episodes of things in the, uh, on this network and also the podcast. So I appreciate it, Dr. Caxton. Again, quickly, website to purchase the book. Where can we go? Dr. Caxton, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-X-T-O-N.com. And the book, The Hydroxychloroquine Debate, is on Amazon.com in both hardcover and Kindle version. I have a second book called Physician Treatment Strategies, COVID-19, Physician Treatment Strategies. That's on all your online retail store. It's an ebook only, and you get it on um, iTunes. It's on uh, Bands and Nobles and a few other retailers. Right. Thank you for listening. All right, thanks, Dr. Caxton. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was a great podcast. Again, take care.